0: Welcome to She Wakes Up, a podcast where you are granted permission to rise above your past, crush your fear and self-doubt, and go after the future of your dreams. I know life has taken over and has driven you to a place where you feel lost and scared and you have no idea how you got here. You just feel stuck in your job, relationships, motherhood, all of it. I see you and you're in the right place. I'm your host, Stacey Feeling, and I'm so pumped to have you here. I've been where you are. I was lost in abuse, finances, anxiety, poor health, you name it. I was up and down for years trying to fix myself on the surface. What I found was the real damage in need of fixing came from the inside. And so it was. If this is you, come hang with me. Grab a drinky drink and maybe a pint of some ice cream because we are skipping the small talk and getting right to the juice. Because girl, it's time to wake up. Hello and welcome back to She Wakes Up. This is your weekly wake-up call featuring guest Samantha Brown. And I am just warning you that you will want to have your tissues ready. Uh, This is a very heartfelt, vulnerable episode. And I was just grateful to hear this story and for Samantha to come on bravely and share this with all of you, and I could not shorten it. We recorded for around an hour, so I broke it up into a two-part episode because this is something that you need to hear. This is a great story, and I just wanted to feature Samantha in all of what she was sharing with all of you. I feel like that's so important to have your voice be heard and to share these stories, and this is what this space is for. So this is part one of two with Samantha Brown. And Samantha is the founder of Her Healed Heart. She is a professional organizer and a spiritual life coach for the Christian woman that feels stuck and alone in her every day. She helps her clients get breakthrough and support through her coaching program and her podcast, Her Healed Heart. Her mission is to meet you right where you are and link her faith with yours while helping you clear your spiritual and emotional clutter. And you can find Samantha at herhealedheart.com. You can listen to her podcast, Her Healed Heart. And everything, um, all of her links and everything and how you can connect with her is on her website. So let's welcome Samantha. Like I said, this is part one of two. Hi, Samantha, how are you? Good, how are you, Stacy? I'm doing well, thanks for being here.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I invited you on today to just kind of share... Um, your journey and your story. And so I'd like to start by just having you introduce yourself and tell us all who Samantha Brown is.
1: Awesome. So I am a life coach for Christian women, but at first I actually thought it was for Christian wives and it turns out it's for all women because it's not about her circumstances and what's going on around her. It's about what's going on on the inside for her. And so it is her spiritual, emotional clutter, the things that are going on and that she feels alone in her life is her main struggle. And so my goal with my podcast and with my community, which is called Her Healed Heart, it is a place that I want women to be able to come or to listen to the podcast and to feel supported and to feel like they are no longer alone And that they have other women, or during the podcast, the women that I bring on, kind of very similar to what you're doing, just hearing other women's stories and their testimonies and what they have gone through that has gotten them through the chaos and through the transition. And while they're going through it, learning how to trust God, to rely on others, to be able to get support for ourselves. Because I know for me personally, it's been a struggle. I can be all the things for everyone else in my life. And the second I need the support, I don't know where to turn. Mm -hmm. And so that's just been, that's kind of who I am, my goal for starting the business that I recently started and my mission in life currently.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think that's so important. And you, you really hit some key points where know, with what we're both doing to help women where they are, knowing that it is difficult and it does feel lonely when you are used to putting everybody else first. And it becomes foreign to us to learn to put ourselves first. We feel guilty and we don't know what that looks like because we haven't done it for so long. And so I just love (laughs) that you and I are sharing that, that same passion and knowing the importance around being able to take care of yourself and being okay with taking care of yourself is really the key to unlocking so many other things, um, you know, potential gifts and finding ourselves and through that, it, being able to enjoy the life that we really deserve and the life that we want to design for us and not because of somebody else or because somebody's telling us that this is what we have to do or be.
1: So I love that. Yes. And on the guilt part, because, you know, mom guilt, wife guilt, whatever you want to call it, it's a legit thing of you feel like, oh, well, I'm focusing on myself. I shouldn't be doing this or whatever that feeling is for you. But for me, I have learned that the more I heal myself, the better I'm able to show up for my loved ones and the better off they are because of who I am being more than what I think I should be doing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you're not at peace with yourself and you're fighting your own battles, it can be really difficult to be authentic for everybody else.
1: Oh yeah. And and (laughs) as women, we're the heart of our home, whether we want to be or not. Like we, I heard it said one time that as women, we are the thermostat for the, for our homes, like the emotional thermostat. And I thought that that was a really cool reference because it's true. If I come home and I've had a bad day and I'm frustrated and angry and stressed, everyone scatters, including my dogs. <laughs> 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 they can feel my energy. No one wants to be around me. But if I've spent that, the time that day for myself and I'm at peace and I have joy and I walk in, I, the, all of a sudden I have teenagers in my face, dogs in my face, my husband wanting my time, which is a good thing. I'm glad they actually want to be around me compared to before I started doing my own work. They couldn't stand me half the time, just to be honest. (laughs) You know, and
0: that's something that we, you know, it's good for you to recognize that, you know, that you being unhappy definitely feels your emotions. And then ultimately that whether you're directly taking it out on everybody, regardless, they're feeling that energy from you. And you're so right. Like, um, what do they say? Happy wife, happy life. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so tell me um, I would love for you to share your story on healing because I know that where you're at right now and what you do to help other women came from a dark place and a place where you really had to wake up yourself and pick yourself up. And you went through a lot of struggles and things that could potentially take other people down. Um, but you were able to just get that grit and you were so resilient. And I would love for you to just share that. And I think your story is going to help any woman that has either gone through that or is currently going through that, I think, um, your healing is going to be a very powerful thing to share.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So heads up, if I cry, I'm sorry, I'm a crier. Um, (laughs) but,
0: and can we just for a second, just, um, throw out any trigger warnings? Um, if you want to reference those, I'll let you do that.
1: Of the, Trigger warnings, as in, like, if I trigger them,
0: yeah, just like topics around, um, like alcoholism, substance abuse, that kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, if there's kids listening, you definitely want to maybe not let them hear this episode or come back to it later. But it involves alcoholism, it involves, um, spiritual warfare, it involves, um, my dad having health issues. So, if any of those are triggers for you, then you, um, like I, it's not, gonna, I'm not going to get super um, descriptive. I will just keep it very, you know, baseline, but I do like to gone through because I think it's important. And a lot of people don't talk about these things and they don't get this vulnerable and this honest. And a lot of us behind closed doors are going through things very similar because alcohol is legal. And a lot of people have issues with alcohol or substance abuse or, you know, just the struggles of the world we live in right now. And so, yeah, um, so to go back about 15 years ago or so, I met my husband and him and I actually met, we were in the throes of addiction. So when I was in high school, to make a long story short, I had knee surgery. I was a junior in high school doing cheerleading volleyball. Never thought it would be me. Life was going great. I had plans to become a dolphin trainer. Like I had my whole life mapped out. And I ended up having to have knee surgery from a birth defect in my knee. Well, the surgery went bad. And back then, which was the early 2000s, they prescribed pain medication for everything. So oh your surgery went bad don't deal with it just here's pain medication go on your way. And that's what happened to me and I actually ended up getting hooked to the pain medication. Long story short by the time I met my husband which was about 5 years after that, I was a full-blown addict. And the reason I'm telling you this is because that is actually how I got to know God was through a program called Celebrate Recovery and it's where they take the 12 steps of AA and NA, and they also take principles from the Bible, and then they kind of put them together, but it was through that program that Jesus showed up powerfully for me, and I had not grown up with God being like, you know, we didn't go to church, we didn't any of that, and so when I met God, it was on his terms. Like I got to know him for who he says he is and and he was able to show me who he was compared to what other people say. And now I'm grateful for that because a lot of my clients and even my own husband had a lot of church hurt growing up and a lot of things that they thought God was because they had never gotten that relationship for themselves of who he was. And so I'm actually kind of thankful I didn't grow up in church, but so I had already gone through it. Me and my husband both got sober. We got saved. We started going to church. We had our children. Things were going amazing. And um, a few years after that, he, when we were at home, he was kind of bored. So he started playing video games and, you know, we were in our early 20s. So we were still very young. And so he would go to work, he'd come home and in the evenings he'd play video games. Well, on the video games, they had a group of people that would like talk to each other as they were raiding or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they ended up having, like they were partying while they were playing the video games. And so You know, at first it started out as just, oh I'm getting a drink, almost like social drinking in a way, even though it was on the computer. Sure. And that's how it started. And then it very quickly went to even when he wasn't playing the video games or, you know, every evening after work he needed a drink to wind down. And, you know, a lot of us I know that's a very common thing for people. And a lot of us think it's never going to happen to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, oh, I can just have one drink or I can just have a few or I can control myself or oh, it's just for fun, it's party and it's with friends. I'm a social drinker, you know, whatever the case is that we tell ourselves and all I know is when you do something for a little bit of time, you develop that habit. And the problem with alcohol is, of course, it's addictive. So then all of a sudden you, you realize your body is physically hooked to that thing. And if you are not drinking, like your blood pressure is out of whack, you're dehydrated, like, you know, your body starts to go through physical ailments because of the drinking. But then if you don't drink, you are detoxing and feeling even worse than if you do drink. So it puts Mm -hmm. you in this vicious cycle And so, you know, we're in our mid twenties. He has now started drinking. Our kids are young and it didn't seem, I mean, for a few years, it really didn't even seem like a problem. I mean, it it was, but it was like, okay, well, he's still working. He's still functioning. He's still doing what he needs to be doing. So I didn't feel like I could really say much because it's legal.
0: Yeah. (laughs) just, Just justifying it, like you said. And I think that's a very common thing is when it is legal, you don't see anything wrong with it and you are functioning. You're, you know, he's not abusive. He's not, not, you know, he's still going to work and, you know, it's really easy to justify to make it okay until it's too late. And you realize, like you said, you just get physically hooked. Um, and that becomes very difficult to
1: stop. Yeah. And then as time goes on, you need more and more, mm-hmm. and more, and so, he ended up getting to the point where he was drinking all day, every day, and it, in that, um, you know, it, little side note and backstory on my husband, he honestly is a really good guy, deep down, like, he has a heart of gold, he loves others, he's like the sweetest guy you've ever met but he did have a lot of stuff that he had not dealt with from his childhood and so when you mix you know his anger with his father and these things that his father had psychologically done that kind of damaged him that he had not dealt with and you mix that with alcohol and drinking every day all of a sudden he starts getting frustrated and angry over the smallest little things and all you know out of nowhere he's talking about his dad all the time and because it was that unresolved anger and frustration that he had not dealt with and And so
0: this was his way of coping with it and kind of numbing
1: yeah yeah and a lot of us do that we don't know what to do with our emotions or our feelings so let's just numb it, whether it's with TV, food, alcohol, it doesn't matter what it's with, but we all do that in some form or fashion. Work, a lot, some people work, so they don't have to go home and deal with things or, you know, cause emotions are hard to deal with. And so anyway, so he ended up drinking all the time and he was um, get, starting to get more and more frustrated. It seemed like as the days went on and I got to a point where, you know, this whole time, it's just me and God. Like, I'm a mom of young kids. I don't feel like I can talk to my husband at all because I never know when I walk in, is he going to be tipsy? Is he going to be sober? Is he going to be wasted? Is he going to be happy? Is he going to be angry? So I got to where I realized I can't rely on him. And all I can rely on is myself (laughs) and God, which is, very much so how i got into that place of i don't even know like i'm just i'm just getting through each day like there was no joy there was no happiness it was a struggle just to get through the day and take care of my kids as best i could
0: yeah you were in a survival mode in a way
1: <laughs> oh i was yeah i actually remember there was one day i was in the shower And I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about being in survival mode and what is survival mode. And it broke me. I just started weeping. Like I can still in my mind, see myself that day in that moment because I had never heard of such a thing. And essentially what it is to let you that's listening know, I'm sure most of you do know, but just in case someone doesn't, survival mode is where you are literally just getting your basic needs met you are surviving and barely surviving as you're getting through. Like every day, there's no, you know, you're not worried about a business or being creative or you have none of that that's even in your radar because you're so busy making sure you're getting through the day and your basic needs are being met of housing, food, and somewhat of stability as best you can.
0: Yeah. And I feel like a, a lot of us who've felt stuck in some area of our life has at some point experienced what that's like. And it can be really difficult when you and I talk about how important it is to take care of yourself when somebody's feeling like, all I'm trying to do is live and keep my kids you know, from feeling any sort of pain and being their protector while I'm still trying to protect myself. And so it can be really difficult for somebody that's in that to wrap their head around. I can't do anything right now, but this, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's the question of how, how do I get out of this? Knowing that you're, you're no, you're so unhappy. And like you said, it's just um, until you get out, you really don't realize how, tied to that you were how it just kind of consumed you in that moment
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's your every day it's all your all of your thoughts are around that one thing Mm -hmm. of just getting through there nothing else matters but what I do like now that I know that coaching is a thing I wish back then I would have known that because I truly feel like had I been able to be honest with somebody and that's, I mean, this is exactly the reason why I even became a life coach and why I want to help women is when you are in that moment and in that time frame of just being in survival mode, the power of having someone that you can talk to, that's not going to judge you, that has been where you've been, that has nothing but care and compassion and love for you and that you can just vent to, like that would have changed everything for me. Because I know that with my family, with my friends, there's this facade that you want to put on of like, oh, everything's great. Everything's fine. I've got this. Life's good. You know, and it's at least for me, it was extremely hard to be a hundred percent honest with anyone in my life. Like everyone in my life, I almost felt like I had to protect them from my chaos.
0: Yeah, you feel like you're constantly hiding behind a fake smile. And it's exhausting to not, mm-hmm. you know, to have to repress all of that, to never really be able to fully feel and just let that out, like you said, for fear of being judged or, you know, you don't want people to think that your your life is in shambles, even though that it is. And it's important to get that out. And you have to be okay with expressing and feeling your emotions as that is part of the healing process. And it is I mean, on top of everything else that's exhausting, trying to put on this facade, like you said, is it just adds to it. And it just becomes Mm -hmm. this terrible, terrible place to be in.
1: Yeah. That's, I can, while we're talking about it, I can still feel the like residual, uh, you know, from being back then, like just that heaviness and that weight and being so, like you said, exhausted, like that's the, that's the only word for it. Like you wake up exhausted at the thought of what you have to do that day, or how are you going to get through that day or what's going to happen in that day that you're not going to be ready for.
0: Yeah. And that's so important because I agree with you. I still feel that residual heaviness from time to time. When I think about everything that I've had to go through and being in that mode, And to know that it's important for anybody that's listening that has either gone through or is currently going through that it doesn't go away entirely. It just doesn't consume you anymore. And it, it's a process, but it becomes better you know, the more time that's behind it, it becomes better. And the more that you're able to forgive and heal yourself and be okay. Um, it doesn't mean that it's perfect. And it doesn't mean that we're able to change anything in the past. It just means that now we can accept that and move on and no longer let that be the heaviness that we drag around with us, like a boat anchor every single day of our life.
1: Yes. And you said it like forgiveness I had to get to a place with my husband where through, so back up, with God, (laughs) God became like my everything. He was my coach in those times. I would get in my car and I would just scream at him of like, why do I deserve this? This is the life I deserve. I'm a good person. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd get so angry and so upset but it was my way of venting and releasing it when I didn't have anyone to release it to. And walking through that and seeing, okay, there's gotta be something that can either a change this or help me get through it. There's gotta be some lessons, maybe that I can learn along the way that I won't have to learn again later and starting to be open to those things and just asking God to show me was a powerful transitioning point through the chaos, and the way God helped me was the scripture that says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many times, like, I would say that to my husband's face, like, he'd be wasted in my face, and I'm like, there's no condemnation for those things. Cause all I wanted to do was like punch him in the face and condemn him, you know? Right. But of course I'm not going to, I I apologize. That was not very godly to say, but that's how you feel honest.
0: It's, it's honest.
1: (laughs) And sometimes you just have to get a word or, or take a word from God or, or take a word that someone else has said, whatever your thing is and stand on that some form of truth that, you know, to be true. And what I knew to be true was that my husband on the inside, when it was just my husband and alcohol was not involved, was a good godly Christian man that loved God, that loved his family. Mm -hmm. But when he was in front of me wasted and being dumb, I would have to verbally remind myself of those things that during my quiet time with God, God would reveal to me, I would even have to say them out loud to him sometimes, or I don't know how many nights I just went to bed and cried myself to sleep because I just wanted to hide under the covers. And did he give you that
0: answer that you were asking for?
1: Yeah. So in, in the, the very worst part of this, I got to a point after a few years where I said, that's it. I quit, I'm done, I'm over it. Like I'm leaving, that is obviously the right thing to do in this situation, is to get me and my kids out. And I told God this in the car, I was yelling at him yet again. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, unless you tell me otherwise, I'm leaving. And I got out of my car and I went inside and I think I even started like packing and just, you know, like mentally I was preparing to leave. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden that day it was, I call them my neon sign moments from God, but it's where the same thing seems to be on repeat at different points of your life throughout the day or the week or whatever. And the word God gave me was loyal which made me that much angrier (laughs) because I was like, loyal. That's all I've done is be loyal. Yeah, I'm the loyalist person there is. You know, I was so upset.
0: So what did that mean for you? How did you, um, like what was your take on that?
1: My take on that was that God was telling me to stay and that it was going to work itself out.
0: That's hard in the, for everything that you were feeling, because mm. you were at this point, you were done. Yes, and like you said, you feel like you've been resilient this entire time, and yet here he is saying you gotta stick with it even longer. You have to keep going through this. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like after that moment when you had that realization of yeah, I, I guess I'm in this for the long haul.
1: Yes, and. Um- it, what it did for me was it shifted my thinking. So where before God gave me that word, it was a battle just to have a conversation with my husband. Like I was down on his level mentally, you know, like anytime he'd say something, I had to say something right back. Like, you know, it was like a ping pong match back and forth, back and forth. I had to be right. I was going to show him I was right. He was going to listen to what I had to say and i even used to call myself spy sam like i would go and find the drinks and find the alcohol <laughs> so bad
0: you were going to win this battle
1: i was winning yes it was a competition and i was winning <laughs> and then after god gave me that word it after i got done being angry and being a brat it like softened me and made me realize, okay, if I'm in this for the long haul, then I need a plan. And the plan that I needed had nothing to do with my husband. It had everything to do with myself.
0: Oh, I was just going to ask you that. I was going to say, is the shift that you had that before this happened, you were doing everything for everybody, including taking things, you know, finding the booze and taking that from him for him. And right. then in this moment, <laughs> now you realize, you know what? It's time to do this for me. And mm-hmm. that's kind of an, a way of surviving, but in a way that it's not daunting and it's not, it's a different shift, like you had said. But ultimately, if you were going to do this and you were going to be loyal, you had to look at it in a completely different lens. And that lens was for you.
1: Yeah. And, and what that did... And I, I had no clue this is what I was doing back then, because back then I was just surviving things.
0: Sure, but right. now
1: looking back, <laughs> I can see. But, you know, the when we have those many mindset shifts, like the smallest mindset shift can change everything in our lives. It can change our energy. It can change our, the feelings we're having. It can change the thoughts that we're thinking. I mean, it can change everything. And it's not like all of a sudden everything got better. But in a practical way, what it did do was where before it was tit for tap, back and forth, ping pong match, all of a sudden that didn't matter anymore. And it became more about, like, I remember there was one time that I was listening to Joyce Meyer or somebody, I don't know, I was listening to somebody and they said, call him higher When you speak to him, speak to him as though he is the man that you want him to be. And for whatever reason, that hit me like a ton of bricks. That's powerful. Yeah, because at that time, before I got the word from God and before I heard that, I was talking to him in the way that I saw him. Like, you know, you suck, you're you drunk whatever (laughs) (laughs) and after that it became okay Jason I hear you I love you you are a a godly man like it was saying those things out loud to him as he's sitting there like it was almost like there was a a covering where the stuff that he used to say that would like penetrate my heart and, and break me no longer penetrated it it, there was a covering of like the peace that surpasses all understanding and guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus is exactly what it was.
0: (laughs) Wow. And so, um, sorry, I was just kind of enveloped in what you just said and just how protected you were And how that just really helped, like you said, shield you in a way that now you were able to not only help yourself, but you could help him in a more efficient way than what you had tried doing in the past. And what happened from there? Once you started to have this mindset shift and speak to him that way, I mean, what happened next? Hey, and really quick before we take off today, just know that this is part one of two, so if you want to hear the rest of samantha's amazing story and how faith really fueled and saved herself her marriage her husband and her father please tune in next week we will have part two also make sure to connect with her i will put samantha's information in the show notes and this episode as well as part two so that way you can connect to her in any way that you want to work with her um, if you just want to follow her podcast if you want to hear more of her story if you want to work with her i will put all of that information in there as well and i also wanted to let you know that i have created my own private group on facebook to be a community to welcome my she wakes up audience but to also hold a space that is safe non-judgmental really welcoming and allowing women to share their vulnerabilities, share their stories, just like Samantha's did with us today. And just know that this is an okay space to do that because we need to have that outlet. We need to be able to feel those emotions. And we need to be able to show up in whatever capacity that we are feeling in that time. It is so important to have these conversations. It is so important to have the support. And that's why I wanted to build this community it, and it's, that's exactly what it's for. It's for you. I'm just the host. So yes, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be engaged, but it really is just a space for you to come and interact with other women, for you to feel safe, for you to be able to show up and share whatever it is that you need and know that regardless of what it is, you have no judgment and a hundred percent support. So if you want to check that out, you want to join, just go ahead and hop on over to Facebook. Um, the title of the group is SWU because I had to shorten it. But it's Community Mindset Healing for Women Who Want to Take Back Their Life. And, of course, you can look up She Wakes Up. Um, you'll be able to find it, no problem. But it really is to just be a space where you are welcome to share whatever it is that you need to get off your chest and and just decompress. Um, to heal your mindset, and heal your life overall, right? Because that's the goal here. So I just wanted to share that with you. Again, Samantha's information is going to be in the show notes. I will put the link of the Facebook group in there as well. And just remember to hop back on next week for part two of Samantha's story. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk soon.